radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 66, recorded on Friday, July 8th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we look in terror at the other horrible decisions made by our Supreme Court. But first, the headlines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. So how was your fourth, Jason? It was fine. I spent some of the day editing our last podcast, which went up, and most of the day just hanging out. Uh, my mom was over. We watched some TV. We watched the Doctor Strange movie. It was okay. Not my favorite. Was that but... the multiverse one? Yes. You're saying it's only okay? I, I haven't seen it It's yet. fine. I, it's not my favorite is of the Spider Man movies. Is the Spider-Man one better? Spider-Man movie is better. Also not really my favorite, because it's really just, hey, remember all this stuff that happened? Yeah. But that's what I did. I went to a parade and I felt extremely outnumbered by crazy people. Like, I, dude, I don't know, man. So I don't know if I'm just a prude or it's actually getting much worse because when we were there and we're not in a super conservative, I know you are, but I'm not getting a super conservative. I'm more of like in a purple area. And there were just tons of like, let's go Brandon F. Joe Biden shirts everywhere on the 4th of July. And they thought that everyone like, yeah, let's do this today of all days. And I, I saw families with kids and the parents were walking around with like F. Joe Biden shirts. Well, as long as no one was in drag, then, oh, you know, God. it's okay for families. I'm just, I'm so frustrated, man. And I'm so done. I had um Brian Steele, the Republican, come up to my parade, gave out stickers to everybody. It's a good time. Yay. Did you have to run for your life at any point? No, not quite there yet. I'm still white. So I was, I felt safe enough. Well, nowhere apparently is that safe, as we found out, in the mass shooting in one of the richest neighborhoods in the United States, Highland Park, Illinois. This was legitimately really depressing. Just to our south, I know there's you see a lot of uh, talk online, oh, more violence in Chicago. This is not Chicago. No, not even remotely. This is where Michael Jordan lived. This is one of the highest income areas, like I said, in the United States, certainly in the Midwest. That it's a very Jewish community. A lot of thought that maybe that had some influence in the shooting. It left, I think, seven dead. One person died in the hospital later and about 30 people injured. It's yet again another domestic terrorist, Christian nationalist, young white male with an AR-15 and two 30-round clips that he emptied into the crowd. We still don't know a motive, right? Not specifically, but we'll kind of talk about that here in a second. Okay. This talk of, well, we just need to have good guys with guns. This was a parade attended by police officers. He actually got away from the scene. There are rumors that he even drove to Madison. I think he got partway there and decided against it. But yes, he was contemplating coming to Madison to commit another shooting and decided that he hadn't planned it out enough. But he also didn't plan the first one out all that well because he left his rifle there. They looked at the serial number, which was still on the rifle and found out who owned the gun, and then everyone was looking for him. He initially fled from police, got into a short chase, where he was apprehended without incident somehow, unlike the black man in Ohio that was shot 60 times by police while also fleeing. Odd how that happens. No kidding. But let's talk about what his motives might have been. A lot 
of conflicting information online. Andy No and conservatives would tell you that he was an Antifa soldier. Yep, I saw that. But reality will say that he was frequently at pro-Trump rallies. He was known to be at least socially active with a group called the Lake Bluff Militia Social Club and Ministry of Spiritual Redemption in the area, uh, which, according to their founder, he started during the pandemic because of masking and social distancing. They were going after his freedom, so he decided that he needed to form a militia to fight back against it. Jesus Christ. A lot of this information I initially found from a post on Facebook by a Rachel Wachstein, who was a frequent organizer and went to counter-protests against this group in that area, the Highland Park, Lake Bluff, those areas that are right around, just right to our south here. And there are multiple articles that she linked to, and I found some more too, local papers, patch.com, that are talking about these protests. They had, there was somebody who put up a COVID deaths sign, and it had, like, running total, usually like 200, 300,000 deaths at that time, and then, you know, it said Donald J. Trump president. And that the sign was vandalized, like, something like five times within the first week that it was up, and it sparked these pro-Trump rallies that would come congregate in the area uh, and then there would be counter protesters as well okay so according to rachel she had seen the shooter many times she had been harassed screamed at she said they would do nazi salutes at them she herself was doxxed threatened by the groups including having flyers printed out with her name address and phone number and calling her a quote local commie hmm. so andy no and anyone that's peddling this idea that this shooter was part of Antifa is just completely wrong. There are multiple pictures of this guy in the Trump rallies. There's the ones you might have seen where he's wearing the Where's Waldo outfit. There's another one where he's wearing a black shirt with like a yellow smiley face on. The same design, by the way, that he painted on his mother's house. He painted a soldier with a smiley face head right next to a God's Not Dead <laughs> a sign mimicking the artwork from that horrible David R. White movie. You know, because you know those atheistic right-wing militias. Yeah, that uh, love God's not dead. So, by all accounts, he was, like I said in the beginning, another violent Christian nationalist, young man that was pumped full of hatred and given an assault rifle, and yes, definitely had some mental problems. He was called, the police were called to his house for him threatening his own family and saying he was going to kill them, and he also attempted suicide, but yet was still somehow able to get an AR, a firearms license, which you need in Illinois, and yes, an assault rifle with that kind of record it just shows you how inept those red flag laws that are the only thing we can apparently get in this country after string after string after string of mass shootings the best we can do is some toothless bill that will do nothing i mean illinois could legitimately ban firearms and it would do nothing because obviously wisconsin is a 30 minute drive away from this area or 
Indiana or Missouri or Iowa, where you can buy as many guns as you want. So it doesn't matter what your gun regulations are in a single city or a single state. Oh, right. Exactly. And that's kind of the whole point with this thing, where we still have a large chunk of this country that refuses to see the systemic issue that's going on and how all these things are intertwined with each other. Because you saw that a lot. Oh, the area with some of the toughest gun regulations in the country. Why not? Yeah, we got... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it like, doesn't matter. Again, when we, we were... When I was a kid, I'm not sure about you. When I was a kid, we're talking about 4th of July here. When I was a kid, fireworks were illegal in the state of Wisconsin. Always had fireworks. Could always get them. Never had any problem. Well, right. Exactly. God, you made me like stutter into my own rage. <laughs> That's what makes me so angry about this is that we're now seeing, because it's Illinois, because it's a Chicago area, that you're not immediately saying, well, this is why gun regulations don't work. This is why nothing happens. Our gun regulations suck. They legitimately do. And we're going to get to this, but they're still getting peeled away as we speak because our Supreme Court's going nuts with them. And they do work in every other country in the world. Just surprisingly not here. And what scares me more, Jason, is that I think more and more high-profile shootings are going to keep happening like this because people are now finding out that they can start bringing guns to these very vulnerable events that are happening. Like We have to have less doors on our parades. That's uh, <laughs> what we're going to have to do. We're all the armed veterans. Who, who left the door cracked open? <laughs> and did you see the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Illinois? Yeah, yeah 20 minutes after yeah. the shooting took place. So literally, Darren Bailey, who is the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Illinois, he has absolutely no chance of winning at all. Less than 20 minutes, like you said. Still at large. Shooter, still at large. Right. Everyone in that area, very much possibly in danger. And this guy posts a video and says, quote, Friends, let's pray for the law enforcement and even the organizers of this parade. The shooter is still at large. So let's play for justice to prevail, and then let's move on and let's celebrate the independence of this nation. Body's still warm. Let's move on. Yeah! Six people died, then seven people were then confirmed to die. At least 40 or so were confirmed injured. Let's move on and celebrate. Let's not let this ruin our 4th of July celebration. Let's not let this dampen our freedom! And also, not only 20 minutes after it happened, but about 20 minutes away from the scene as Yeah! Well. Like, absolutely ridiculous. And that just goes to show how much they honestly care about this. They don't give a rip. Not at all. And that's what's so infuriating about this. They are now being, I hate to put it this way, shown that they too are now vulnerable. Because the places that they now go, because of course they're super conservative and white, so they don't go anywhere outside their little bubble areas. They now realize that they're not safe in their areas either. And even then, they don't care. And they'll still make excuse after excuse after excuse, because they would rather hate on Democrats and hate on the left more than actually solve this problem and what the hell do you have this with like with debbie lesko what is this oh this was during the house debate on that bipartisan that really useless bipartisan gun bill that passed oh so now republicans can say that they did something sure this was going around uh i i felt it was pretty funny so i decided to include this this kind of goes to show what the thought process is this is arizona rep debbie lesko her quote while being very angry about that bill that ultimately did pass. Okay, I'm ready for this. I have five grandchildren. I would do anything, anything to protect my five grandchildren. Okay. Including, as a last resort, shooting them if I had to protect the lives of my grandchildren. <laughs> Democrat bills that we have heard this week want to take away my right to shoot your 
grandchildren. <laughs> my right to protect my and she got like like the performative like I'm very angry and I'm shouting at the end. You know, I'm gonna and, shoot my grandchildren. No, I don't know what kind of scenario she's picturing. Like getting one of her kids is pointing a gun at one That's of the what other kids, and she's literally. like. Put it down, Billy. Put it down. <laughs> Grandma's going to have to end I'll you. I'll shoot. I'll shoot, damn it. I told you I would do it. She said that she, what she meant to say is that she would kill someone else to protect her. Which, yeah, that's not even, that's not like a bold statement. No, especially when we have a bunch of our countries having um castle doctrine laws. I, as an amosexual, swear that I would <laughs> shoot someone to protect the lives of my own family. Yeah, we know. You've been been telling us that for 50 years we we get that's your your ostensive reason for having more guns than people in the country to protect your kids although it does kind of bring up the more obvious thing of you having guns in your house is much more likely that one of your grandkids will shoot another one of them or you will shoot them accidentally or something stupid will happen right there will be a gun death in your home is the percentage of that being raised quite a bit by you having that gun. Yep. So you're actually not protecting your grandchildren by having a gun. But of course, it's all a Democrat plot to stop you from shooting your grandchildren. That <laughs> sounds good to me. Oh, like I God. wanted to include. We get a little levity every once in a while uh. in the show. It's always so depressing. But yes, I mean that people are like, oh, they took that out of context. No, that's the entire context. You can watch it from the very beginning. She says it right at the beginning of her speech, and she straight says that she would kill her. Grandchildren <laughs> to protect them. Uh, well, since we're on gun deaths, we have a couple of international stories for you guys. And let's start with the news that just broke today. Yes, this happened, well, technically yesterday in Japan, but, you know, time difference and everything. Right. The former Japanese Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, uh, was assassinated while giving a speech. Was shot. Yes, was shot. The Japan, one of the most restrictive gun countries in the world. How could this have happened? See, gun control doesn't mean anything, except this is only their second gun death of the year. They had, or no, this is actually their second in two years. They had one all of last year. So it does work. Because if we had one gun death a year in the United States. Could you imagine? <laughs> How crazy would that be? They had 10 gun-related incidents, eight of which were the Yakuza gangs fighting over territory. I was just going to ask if that's what it was. Right. So, yes, this just does not happen in Japan. That's why it was so shocking. Shinzo Abe was the prime minister for the longest of anyone in Japanese history. Very well respected among Japanese, among the rest of the world. Not my favorite politician for Japan. Japan's very conservative anyway. Not like politics conservative, just like culturally like, conservative. Yeah, yeah. like personality. I, like they they also have uh, a lot of humility and uh, shame. I don't know if you saw like the the po- political conservatives. I don't know if you saw, but NPR got into a little bit of trouble today because they called Shinzo Abe an ultra nationalist, and people were not happy Com- about it. I mean, that's but it's fairly normal in Japan. So it's like he's not an outlier, really. There, right? So yeah, I, I mean, I get why. 
why, especially, you know, he, he just died and everything. Yeah, I mean, he was, even though I think his his party was supposed to be like the Liberal Democrat Party, they're still kind of conservative. There was a homemade gun. Yeah. Uh, sh- fired two shots. It looked like... Uh, was it like a homemade shotgun or something? Yeah, it looked like, almost like a cannon when it yeah. went off, like, all the smoke and the noise. But yeah, and that's what you have to do in that country where firearms are illegal. You have to get a rickety homemade gun and get right up behind the guy while he's speaking because there's not that much security because these again these types of things just do not happen in japan right like imagine if you could get within 10 feet of a president while he's or a former <laughs> president even while he's giving a speech in the united states it would never ever happen and it probably won't happen moving forward in japan because they will actually do something to prevent this kind of thing from happening again we're gonna make guns even more illegal now <laughs> I'm sure there will be some regulation on, I don't know exactly what he used for ammunition and gunpowder and all that. I'm sure there'll be something, though. Right, but there'll definitely be tighter security and and a little bit, uh, you're not going to be able to get so close to political figures. Right, exactly. And oddly, according to the shooter, he said that it wasn't, he didn't have a problem with Abe's politics, that he has a, which is being reported, a grudge against a certain organization that he believed Abe to be linked to. So I don't know what that's about, if it's religious, if it's completely made up inside this guy's head. I'm not sure. Maybe he watches too much Alex Jones. I don't know. Hmm. Wouldn't that be interesting? So that's all the information we have on that currently. But yes, you'll also see that spun as we'll see even in Japan. Okay, I'll take one shooting with a gun that can fire two rounds and you have to stand 10 feet away from somebody a year. I'll take that. Compared to what we just literally talked about right where the guy fires off 60 shots in a minute and a half and police can't even react to it let's go back across the sea shall we to the united kingdom where boris johnson has now resigned as uk's prime minister british trump british trump i'd say he's still a smarter than trump though like you know how low a bar trump is <laughs> he's got a little bit more energy he's a little bit like maybe trump 20 years ago his hair is messier than trump's but anyway after a slew of resignations from the government including over 50 members that have resigned boris johnson was prompted to resign as well in absolute disgrace and what's interesting was this is over a lack of confidence over his leadership abilities over numerous scandals that have taken place over the last year so rather than complain about him two years later and write books they actually resigned showing their lack of confidence in his leadership and leaving so many open positions they literally could not be filled so let's talk about these scandals. Many of you have prior heard Partygate or the COVID parties on Downing Street, where Johnson was facing multiple fines because he was hosting in-person parties during large COVID lockdowns. This was, I think, specifically his birthday party. Yes. That the pictures were taken at. And yes, it was while telling everyone else in the country that they cannot have large gatherings and that they need to stay isolated. He was having a lavish birthday party for himself. So he actually did receive a fine for that, making him, I think, the first prime minister in the UK to actually get fined for breaking the law while in office, (laughs) which is rather interesting. But there was still tons of other anger and enragement because apparently, according to reports, Johnson was fined extremely minimal compared to the amount of fines other people have gotten for the same exact parties. Then there was also the scandal of refurbishing his office. A leaked copy of a renovation list that Boris Johnson had for renovating his own office had tons of crazy 
crazy things that were way too expensive for what he actually needed. I mean, and for God's sakes here, just look at how Boris Johnson looks. He doesn't, he looks like he doesn't deserve any like nice furniture or any like <laughs> nice place. He looks like he should be living in a box the entire time. He looks like he normally does actually live in a box. I know. It's and they great. just let him out to give speeches and stuff. <laughs> Come on, Boris. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, you guys didn't have time to brush his hair again. Right. Among those things everyone was angered at was a 2,250 pound or just over $2,700 for gold wallpaper. He is the British Trump. <laughs> and finally, like I said, that he was known for his lack of confidence in his leadership abilities. Most recently, he was actually seen appointing a guy who was so bad that he actually was, I think, resigned in disgrace several months after he was appointed by Johnson. For sexual misconduct. Yeah, apparently he got drunk at a party and groped several women. Yep. But this was known behavior that everyone knew about before he even appointed him in the first place and even warned him about not hiring this guy, and he did it anyway. And initially he lied about being told about it. Yes, he did. And then had to admit that, yes, even years prior, he had known. And he also tried to secure a job for his now wife within the British Parliament. And I... Jason, is it just me or does this sound like really tame stuff? Like yeah, this, this is, was like the first two months of Trump's presidency. Like how many millions of dollars did Trump get out of being president could you by Im- going to his resorts? Could you imagine if this is like what the scandals were for us now? This sounds so nice. Right. Why, why I can't mean, we, why like can't we said, have scandals Trump's, like this? Trump's presidency would not uh, would not have lasted a month. No. If this is the type of thing that people would you know leave office over, Trump's been credibly accused of rape from multiple people he's openly admitted being able to sexually assault people he's been accused of being a creep during the miss teen usa pageants around underage girls the guy and his children are not allowed to own a charity in the state of new york Right, yeah, their charity got... Because they defrauded thousands of people. Including veterans. Yes! Like, what is going on? Like, this is all it takes, Britain? Like, this is literally it? This is all you need to do to get rid of somebody? Help us! T- <laughs> take us back! Are you f- kidding me right now? Ah! I'm done talking about Britain. Well, let's talk about the scandal in local government let's here do in Wisconsin it. with our current lieutenant governor and hopefully soon to be U.S. Senator Mandela Barnes. Yeah. So recently, and this was, I believe, on the 4th of July. I believe so. Some comments were posted by conservative radio show host and sleazeball Dan O'Donnell, who got his spot in 2016 after Charlie Sykes decided to retire when Donald Trump became president because Sykes was not a Trump fan and knew that his audience would turn on him over that. So that's how Dan O'Donnell even has a show in the first place. And he posted a clip of Mandela Barnes during a speech he made in Portage, Wisconsin in August of 2021. So in that intervening year, uh, no one had a problem with anything that was said there. But it was a question about, uh, you know, the the big topic at that time critical race theory yeah and kind of still is occasionally critical race theory and and should teaching the racist history of the United States be banned Mandela responded with whether it was colonization whether it was slavery the impacts are felt today and they're gonna continue to be felt unless we address it in a meaningful way things were bad things were terrible the founding of this nation awful and that was spun to be 
Mandela Barnes hates the U.S. Uh, Mandela Barnes is black. I think it's a crucial factor. And even if he wasn't, I, I could echo these sentiments personally and not uh, and not have any problem justifying it. But yes, I wonder why a black man who grew up in Milwaukee, in the most incarcerated zip code of Milwaukee, would have a problem with the way things were at the founding of the nation. Hmm. I, women should feel the same way. Uh, people that were not rich should feel the same way. And this is, we talk about, like, the founding of the nation being specifically set for white male landowners. If you were Irish, if you were Eastern European, guess what? You're not white during this time. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like, you know, you would have had it an easy time either. No, the definition of white was very specific to England and very closely surrounding areas. That's it. Everybody else... The country was not built for them. So yes, he, of course, had some problems with the way the country was founded, as really everyone should, unless you feel it's okay to own people and to treat everyone who's not you as a second-class citizen. And that we need to be honest about that. It's absolutely ridiculous. This became like national news, where you had every conservative falling over themselves to bring this up because they need something, because they know Ron Johnson is just embroiled in scandal after scandal he tried to help overthrow the government and this is the best they got and this is it we found a speech from a year ago where he said that the founding of the united states was terrible you know and that's something that i think we should really pay attention to as well so obviously mandela barnes is black and he is the only black democrat running nope that's actually not true there are a couple others but he's the only plausible black democrat running for u.s senate in wisconsin the racist attacks are going to get worse they already hit him hard before with the whole evading taxes thing and they're going to do it even harder again and they're going to show him in the most racist ways possible because that's what our gop does so get ready because it's going to get a lot worse yeah ron johnson legally evades taxes (laughs) by voting for his tax breaks so let's stay in wisconsin let's stay in wisconsin this is the story that's been really, really making me upset. The more I dig into it, we'll see. Not we'll, not the reason you're talking about. You're not talking about the one where the Supreme Court of Wisconsin just made. You're talking no, about before that. Yeah, I'm talking before that. Because <laughs> this one, it like it doesn't make any sense that the Supreme Court would rule this way. It's so clearly against any plausible idea of democracy and any way you could interpret this in a non-completely biased partisan way. So, what happened was Fred Prynn is the Scott Walker appointed board member of the Natural Resources Board, DNR board, whose term expired in May of 2021. Okay. More than a year ago. His replacement was appointed by our current governor, Tony Evers. The Republican State Senate has refused to vote on that appointment, among many others, uh, since Evers came into office three and a half years ago, which should sound familiar sounds a little familiar to something else the exact same strategy that mitch mcconnell and the u.s senate used to not vote on the appointment of merrick garland to the supreme court and effectively stole a supreme court seat which now unfortunately belongs to neil gorsuch who just voted to overturn roe v wade pren has refused to vacate his seat and has been a key vote because it's 4-3 conservative that board so he 
is the deciding vote on multiple issues, including adopting terrible PFAS standards, uh, the forever chemicals, if you will, for drinking and groundwater, which favors corporations and harms everyone in the state of Wisconsin. Well, and Wisconsin is trying to lead the charge on PFAS right now because it's so bad in our northern parts of Wisconsin right now. Um, I actually believe the journal, the podcast from the Wall Street Journal, just did a podcast episode on, I think it was Peshtigo and PFAS. So it's really bad right now in our state with PFAS. And obviously, Democrats are ones pushing legislation for, I think it was the CLEAR Act they did last session. And of course, it got struck down because why not? So the state Supreme Court ridiculously ruled that Preen can stay until he decides to leave on his own. So I want to know how that even works. What <laughs> What is going on? So they based their ruling on an earlier ruling that stated that the person who was in the seat previously could occupy that seat until their replacement was there, right? You don't want vacant seats sure. in between administrations. How you can somehow decide that, well, but the state Senate doesn't have to vote on confirming replacements and seats can just stay how they are forever until the person decides they want to leave. And the way the law is written is it says that unless it's vacant, that they're able to stay. Oh, my God. And from the majority decision, the quote was, it is undoubtedly true that Preen serves a defined term of office. That should be done. That is it. Period. End of story. And it is accepted that Preen's term expired in May of 2021. However. Nope. No, however. (laughs) Nope. Stop right there. Those realities say nothing about whether there is now a vacancy in Perrine's DNR board position. Yes, it does. Yes, it literally does. You have to be the most partisan idiot to not see that. And that is the majority of our state Supreme Court, four to three, are partisan idiots that decided that, well, he can just stay for as long as he wants and keep the conservative majority on the natural resources board, keep giving away all of our state resources to corporations keep allowing them to pollute and harm the health of everyone in the state that's fine and the state senate can just keep not confirming the governor's appointments and we'll just keep conservatives in all of government effectively destroying democracy in wisconsin we do not currently have a functioning democracy in this state nope not at all. And I also just want to point out for reference, out of nowhere, Wisconsin votes on their Supreme Court. And uh, we may have an election coming up in 2023. April. The spring election is incredibly important. I know a lot of our listeners come from the state of Wisconsin. It is going to be one of the most important off presidential elections it's it normally very few people vote in these elections because it's not a midterm it's not a presidential election nope it's going to be in april of 2023 you know conservatives are going to vote they always vote they have nothing else to do we have to keep this in mind and flip the majority in the supreme court to democracy that's the only way to put it it's not republican and democrat it's fascism and democracy it's one party that wants to destroy the system for their favor and the other that would rather accept the results of an election. And I want to make it very clear as well is that the justice is Pat Rogensack, who is an almost two decade long serving super conservative justice. Most of our dis- 
decisions lately have been 4-3 decisions relying predominantly on Hagedorn. If we flip this seat, we take a huge step to having a sane Supreme Court in this state again. And all four of the justices that decided in favor of Fred Preen in this decision, they all need to go. Yep. I don't care if they're replaced with anyone else. They all, as far as I'm concerned, signed their resignations by signing on to this decision. This was absolutely ridiculous, indefensible, anti-democracy. Well, where's the balance of powers? There isn't. And it doesn't matter that there's not either. They don't care. Uh, this is, And this comes in, in the wake of their decision to uphold the lame duck session after, right after Scott Walker. Walker lost the governorship, the state Senate and legislature decided to completely go against the will of the people yep. that they had just lost an election to and strip the incoming governor of uh, all his power. Right. And give it instead to the Republican controlled legislature. And what makes me even angrier is then they have the audacity, and of course this was the plan all along, to then say our governor is doing nothing to help us. He has no power because you took it away from him, man. Including one of the major reasons was to make sure that we could not get a public option here in Wisconsin yep. for health care. So not only are they taking the option of us having affordable health care, then they're harming us with these decisions for groundwater and drinking water contaminants. Well, and that's not it. News just broke today. This is what I was referring to earlier. Right. And this is the other one. To, that, just in case you thought maybe there was some reason and rationality left. Where the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that ballot drop boxes are now illegal and cannot be used, mostly. Unless they're staffed by the the, circ- the clerk court. Yes. They have to be in actually the places where you could go vote in. Court clerk. Yes. So as long as they're properly staffed by court clerks, they can have one. But that's it. That is literally the only thing we have right now. So now we are limiting voting again when it became actually much more convenient for people to vote and it's because what they ruled because the wisconsin election commission which is a bipartisan commission created by our republican legislature who now want it abolished right they want sole control of that and they might get it thanks to the supreme court we'll talk about in a little bit but the wisconsin election commission created by the republican legislature decided that during the pandemic it would be fine for people to use drop boxes yes to hand in their ballots so that they would not need to stand in line because if you have to go to the court clerk that generally means walking through city hall or their local office standing in line behind people handing your ballot to someone physically risking infection and it's everyone has to do it like i can't hand in my wife's which is stupid but i can't so everyone has to go down it means you generally and you know their office hours they're not open late nope so you have to do it during you know work generally work time or you can mail it in that's fine Apparently. And we know the issues that was go- were going on with the mail around election time last year. Louis DeJoy is still somehow in charge of the post office. Tell me that Biden's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fine. Like, it's fine if it leaves your hand. You stick it out. In For me, my mailbox is across the street from my house. It's not attached to my house. It's not. It's well away from it. It's fine if I just throw it in there where anyone has access it to it. Yep. You hope it's taken by your mailman, driven to a sorting facility, touched by who knows how many people, sent to uh, another, the main sorting facility in the area, then sent back again, and then driven by someone else to deliver 
deliver it to the the court clerk, that's all fine. But me putting it in a locked metal box standing outside of City Hall, which is right next door to the police station, that's, that's not safe. Nope, that's too much. That man. is... Nope, can't do it. <laughs> hold on can't there. Hold it. on. That's how elections get stolen. And again, not mentioning that you have to sign your ballot. They also have a copy of your signature at the clerk's office where they compare it, just like they do when you vote in person. Yep. There are already things in place, checks, to make sure that your vote is legitimate. And votes do get thrown out if the signatures don't match. But that's also what concerns me is that, again, as we're going to talk about with the lack of precedent and the very faulty logic being used by Supreme Courts, I can really see this then being used to just completely dismantle vote by mail. Yes, that's what's coming next. Where now, if you're even in the somewhere else in the country or across the country, if you are in the military, it doesn't matter. Can't do vote by mail anymore. They'll keep it for the military, Joe. I doubt it. Oh, they will. For the military? You kidding me? That's like how when Scott Walker destroyed unions in Wisconsin, he kept the police union. <laughs> it's the same thing. You don't you don't bite the hand that feeds. Ugh. This is gross, man. I hate this state sometimes. So they basically ruled that the Wisconsin Election Commission, while they do have, they were given the ability to handle the elections, it doesn't say anything specifically about lockboxes. So it's unconstitutional. They can't make that decision. Then what's the point of them? Well, I think that's the point. Ugh, I'm getting angrier again. Well, let's move away from our state Supreme Court. From our very crappy state Supreme Court to the even worse U.S. Supreme Court. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. We talked about the Roe v. Wade decision, which is still horrible. Uh, We did get some news this afternoon that Joe Biden has signed an executive order saying that he'll protect abortion rights. It's not very clear how. Yep. So we're not going to talk a lot about that because... We actually don't know what they're going to even do yet. Right now, it's like um, like a spell. Like, I don't know how it's going to work. I say these words, and they <laughs> are true. So unless we get some details on how exactly that's going to work, there's not much to talk about. But what you may not have known is that there is a whole slew of decisions that came out last week from the Supreme Court. It's over that, the last two weeks thank you, um, of their session, which it's that's the way it's going to be. Right. Going forward, June, right at the end of their session, they're going to ram through the most horrible decisions. So June is going to be which rights did which groups lose today? Pretty much. Unfortunately, being overshadowed by the Roe decision, we're going to go through a lot of other cases that were jammed through the last couple of weeks and show you how bad our Supreme Court actually is and where our country is right now because of what just happened the last two weeks. And you may not have even heard about some of these. And we're going to try to give you a little bit of a crash course about each one so you can know how bad it actually is. So the first ruling that came out was the Supreme Court deciding that police cannot be held accountable, they cannot be sued, for violating the civil rights when not issuing Miranda warnings. So we all know that, you know, you have the right to remain silent, you have a right to an attorney. We've all watched those procedural cop dramas. Law and order, baby. Law and order. So while, yes, your Miranda rights themselves are still protected, if you try to hold the police accountable for trying to violate those rights, it doesn't matter. You will not be able to. Nope. They are given immunity. Which makes zero sense at all. It's it's literally saying they're above the law. Yes. The idea of account 
accountability is just, it's gone, man. There, there is absolutely no accountability anymore, whether it's at the state level or the federal level, it doesn't matter. Like there is no such thing as holding higher people in power accountable anymore. And that means that police don't have to tell you that you have the right to an attorney, that you have the right to not say anything to them. And if you're, if you do eventually get a lawyer that uh, asks you if you read those rights and you say no, there's nothing you can do to hold that officer accountable. Yes, your testimony might be inadmissible if you can get a judge to agree, but there will be no repercussions for the police officer that continually does it. Yep. And that is ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it is one of the amendments to the Constitution. That doesn't matter, man. What are you talking about? There is one amendment that matters. <laughs> That's where I want to be able to shoot somebody in the face, especially my grandchildren, if I want to. <laughs> if they make me angry enough. <laughs> No, if I want to protect my children, I need to have the right to shoot them if I so choose. So then let's move on to New York. This case was actually the New York State Rifle Association versus Bruin, where the Supreme Court struck down New York's gun law. 108 year old, not old enough, apparently. Not enough history and tradition behind this one. Pertaining to concealed carry. And thank you for reminding me about that, JC, because here's the big thing that happened with this. This was released... I believe two days prior to the Roe decision. And if you remember about the Roe decision, the entirety of that argument was that we should leave it up to the states. There is no federal reason why we should have like a national right to an abortion. This should be a state. Despite the 14th Amendment. Right. Giving this privacy. should be a state thing. We're not going to get involved with this. This is a political issue, not a court issue. Well, they said hell to states' rights for this one because apparently they told New York that they cannot have their proper cause requirement for concealed carry which basically means and it's a very simple straightforward law all it means is that you can get a concealed carry permit in new york if you so choose however you have to fill out a form that shows a clear purpose for why you have a concealed gun if you are in danger of someone threatening you if you are in a specific type of job that requires it whatever it may be you can have a purpose to have the gun but you have to have a reason that is valid just like oh just in case for protection is not a valid reason. They decided that that was completely unconstitutional to the point where Justice John Roberts said that they are treating people like second-class citizens because they want to own a gun. And have it on them at all times. Yep. So now, literally, two days before they upended Roe v. Wade because they want states' rights. And, you know, talk about history and tradition. Explain to me, Joe, what caused the shootout at the OK Corral, the famous Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp shootout. I believe it was um, strict gun control laws. Oh, because... They, you couldn't carry a gun into the city. Yes, of course. <laughs> and they were violating that law, and that's what caused the shootout with law enforcement. Exactly. Because they were coming to disarm them. <laughs> but everyone always says the Wild West was so safe because everyone had guns. That's what conservatives tell me. But again, I, I just, I want to make this very clear. They completely contradicted themselves two days prior to the road decision. Their entire argument for the road decision was, one, based on the idea of states' rights, where you cannot tell a state what to do and how to mandate what they want for rights for their own citizens. They said, screw that two days prior, saying, nope, we can clearly tell you uh, as a state what to do. It doesn't matter what legislation we have. We will supersede you because we can. The second was all about historicity, where as 
as long as a right was protected throughout history as a long-term protected right, then it's good to go. This was an 108-year-old law, and it didn't matter. They are overturning everything and contradicting their own decisions within days of each other. That's what we said last week. Originalism just means what I want. However I want to interpret the law to get the outcome I want. So I want to make that very clear, where if anyone ever asks you how bad the Supreme Court is or why should I care about it, note that they destroyed our country within two days of each other by having absolutely no sense of precedent at all. And no integrity. There is no calling balls or strikes with this. They have what they want. They have their agenda that they're pushing, and that is it. And it is a radical conservative agenda. It's a Christian nationalist theocracy that worships God and guns. Well, let's talk about God, shall we? Because along with destroying the idea of concealed carry permits and legislation, they also completely dismantled separation of church and state. And there are two cases that we want to talk about with this episode. The first one was Carson v. Macon, which was a decision out of Maine, where basically a lot of part of the state is very rural. And so the state provided a special program to provide funding for families who may not have a public school nearby, because sometimes it's like 20 to 30 30 minutes, if not an hour or so away to your nearest public school. So the state said with a special law that they can provide funding for private schools as long as they meet certain criteria. And one of those bits of criteria was that you could not teach religious instruction in the school program. Seems pretty simple to me. I don't know about you, Jason, but seems pretty straightforward. Makes it convenient for parents and families. Gives money to private school systems if they so choose as long as they fit a certain criteria. And religious schools tend to discriminate which would be one of the main reasons why you would not want to fund them. Sure. Skoda said nope again and saying that we are treating Christians as second-class citizens that needs to be corrected immediately. So they overturned that rule and that program saying that it is unconstitutional and discriminatory against Christians for you to have this program that gives money to secular or non-sectarian private schools, but not those who are teaching religion. Hey, on a side note, you want to go start a pagan school in Maine? (laughs) I wish. I feel we could get some state funding. In her dissent, Justice Sotomayor said, and I quote, The Supreme Court has shifted from a rule that permits states to decline to fund religious organizations to one that requires states in many circumstances to subsidize religious indoctrination with taxpayer dollars. As a result, any state that values its historic anti-establishment interests more than this court does will have to curtail the support it offers to its citizens. With growing concern for where this court will lead us to the next, I respectfully dissent. Yep, that is as atheists and previously atheist activists. How how do you think all of those moved to the right wing atheists, your Michael Shermers, your James Lindsay's and Peter Bogosians and whatever. A bunch of other people that we used to know. Do you think they feel any responsibility at all for this? It, this used to be the big cornerstone issue. It used to be. Separation of church and state. Most important thing. And it's gone. We are now being forced to fund religious teaching. I'm sure they'll come up with some way to rationalize this, but I don't see, like, your bedfellows are theocrats. Yeah, literally. And I guess that you don't have to pay taxes, so whatever. I hope David Silverman's happy. <laughs> well, and I even have a response from the, what was it, the First Liberty Institute? Kelly Shackelford, ugh, what a name, said in a statement in response to the decision saying that Tuesday was a, quote, great day for religious liberty in America. Parents in Maine and all over the country 
country can now choose the best education for their kids without fearing retribution from the government. Fearing retribution <laughs> the from government the government. used to come hunt you down if you sent your kid to a religious school. What are you talking about? I went to a religious school. I don't remember any government retribution. The persecution complex of Christian conservatives <laughs> is absolutely insane. The nailing themselves to the cross. Apparently. My, I'm just like Jesus. My God. Literally, this was all about just saying, hey, as long as you just don't teach specifically and explicitly religious doctrine, you're cool. And nope. again, they would not want to pay. All that has to happen for this to go away is for a Muslim school. A Muslim school, a Jewish school, a Church of Satan would be nice. Like if they got some funding and started putting up schools and asking for government funding. That's the reason. That's the reason why you don't fund religious schools. Because you are not going to always agree with what they're teaching. So you don't want to pay for that. So now that we're all warmed up and ready, I want to talk about the one that I really have been waiting to talk about. This is the football coach. I think was his name Joe Kennedy. I don't even care because he's such a douchebag. Derp derp Was supposedly fired for wanting to pray by himself. Was he though? No, he wasn't. In fact, the narrative of this was so bad that many mainstream outs got this coverage completely wrong. Much and- like the defensive backs that he was coaching because they also lost almost every game they played it's very true but i don't know if you i listened to new york times the daily podcast did you listen to this episode by chance when it came out a couple months ago no okay so again even the new york times they did a whole podcast where they interviewed the coach and just talked about how basically like he was just horribly treated and how he was this lovable guy from bremerton washington whatever whatever and that he was just being persecuted by his school district for being a christian it's nonsense And that's what makes this so dangerous is that SCOTUS rewrote the facts of the story to get an outcome that they agree with. When he went to the circuit court judge for this and they actually ruled against him, so they appealed it to the Supreme Court, the circuit court judge, who was a conservative Bush appointee judge, actually had in his ruling that the narrative was intentionally deceitful of the one of the plaintiff, which was the football coach. So it was so bad that the guy was lying about his actual position on what happened that the circuit court judge admitted that yeah this is all just nonsense and bs and still that didn't matter to the supreme court i'll make that very clear because literally in neil gorsuch's opinion about this he literally starts off by saying a man was fired for his religious beliefs which is already a lie was never fired he was never fired to begin with many and also i guarantee you like most of the other people on the staff of that team had the same religious beliefs oh sure yeah so it's not like they're like oh you're a christian get out of here you're fired so let's walk through some of these facts in fact what i'll actually do as well is there is an opening arguments episode that breaks it down from the oral arguments from like in may it's a fantastic breakdown i highly recommend doing if you want to do a super deep dive on how bad this decision really is you mean atheists that didn't turn right wing right exactly so i'll link that in the show notes as well but let's break down some of the facts of this case joe kennedy was a football coach at this high school he was making about five grand a year as a side gig for this football coach whatever he then became super religious and started praying out loud okay fine then he started pushing the boundaries further and further he started leading students in prayer in locker rooms and started going onto the 50 yard line during school games after the game and leading students in prayer that's where we run into the problem with separation of church and state because you're literally coursing your students into doing so okay fine the school then tells them well, you can't do 
that. That's bad. Don't do that. We're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. How can we help you pray in peace and privacy? The guy refused and continued to say, no, I want them to be in public on the 50 yard line. Called the local news, took out an ad in the paper stating that he was going to get fired for praying on the field, but he's going to keep doing it. So come to the game so you can watch me pray in the middle of the field. So even though the school has tried multiple times to say, how can we help you pray privately so we don't violate your religion? He turns this into a huge spectacle to the point where now he is hosting both teams on the field. And the part that makes me really angry because I'm a marching band geek myself, after several games, there are reports of parents and like state legislators and reporters rushing the field, knocking over the band to go and pray with this guy. He privately prayed by himself and he got fired for it. Then what's even worse is he supposedly got fired, but he didn't get fired. In fact, what actually happened was like every other state employee or every other school employee, you're based on contract. And all they did was not renew his contract. He could have easily reapplied for it. Instead of reapplying for the position, he went crazy and sued the school. Now, keep in mind that this happened like five to six years ago. This did not happen last year. So the main argument of the plaintiff, the coach, is that he did not course students. In fact, you can't find anybody who was course. And technically, he convinced the New York Times that he was right because they couldn't find any students that were still in the program from six years ago that were coursed. Despite their testimony in these previous cases. Well, and that's what I was just going to get to. So there was actual literal testimony from both parents and players at the time saying that they felt uncomfortable and that they had to pray to play. And that they were retaliated against by this coach if they did not. Yes, that is in the record. And the SCOTUS decision did not care. Even stupider. During the oral arguments, the Liberty Institute, who is representing the coach, said that this guy has been waiting six years to get his job back at this place. Six years. Oh, so he works there now, right? Uh, No, he doesn't. He lives in Florida because right after he didn't renew his contract, he moved and bought a house in Florida and is now a voting resident in the state of Florida. So this notion that he's been waiting to get his football coach back from a hell of a commute from across the country is asinine. And he even said to the court that if he wins this case, he would go back. He promised them he would go back. Now, I don't know about you, Jason, but I would not move back for a $5,000 a year (laughs) part-time coaching gig. Uh, Yeah, assistant coach. No, I don't think that is feasible. And I'm sure they love, you know, the praying coach in Florida anyway, so I'm sure he'll get a job on somebody's college team as an assistant (laughs) and get paid way too much. As, of course, we know the highest paid public employees in most states are the college football coaches. Yep. So now in conjunction with the main decision, not only do public schools now have to be forced to help subsidize religious indoctrination in private schools, if some Someone starts teaching and praying now who is an employee on school time. You can lead your whole class in prayer of whatever religion you choose, as long as it's Christian. And there's nothing they can do about it. That's literally it. There was photographic evidence of it. There were school psychologists showing that this was super bad. There were actual reports of people saying they were coerced. It didn't matter. You will have religion in public schools again. And that will destroy the very fabric of having a modern education in America today. And we're not even done. No, we we still have a little We're ways to go. We're not even done. You take the next one. So let's move on to the next one, which has to do with 
Native American tribes in Oklahoma. I don't know if you remember from a couple years ago, it was ruled that the eastern half of Oklahoma is on tribal land because it, of course, is. All of the United States is on tribal land. Let's be honest about it. But in a ruling from a couple weeks ago, it was decided that states now have jurisdiction over tribal land. This is the Castro Huerta case where it was decided that the state of Oklahoma was able to prosecute a non a crime committed by a non-Indian on Indian land, native land. I don't like. I, I don't, I I don't think it's saying. offensive. I just don't. I, I hate it because it's wrong. Yep, I agree. You know, it's not. They're not from India. It's not. It's not even factually correct. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's just Columbus was an idiot. Yep. So what this means is that states are able to prosecute people for things that are happening on native land, which has again, you talk about history. There's hundreds of years of precedence that states do not have any authority over tribal land correct that the federal government always did well because they constantly took it uh you know every treaty that's ever been signed has been broken this is just another example of that and you may have heard one of the things like oh what can we do about roe being overturned well we'll we should put clinics on native american land they they respect women's bodily autonomy and state law doesn't they wouldn't matter to, there yeah, right they, like they you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to to do anything well now they can't and i i guarantee you because this was done this this came out like i think the day before the row decision and i i almost guarantee you that this was done as a setup to that because it's just the perfect way to stop that from happening to say well okay you thought maybe you could go you know state most states do have reservations or native land we're in here in wisconsin certainly there is Mm -hmm. uh, a few oh we'll just build clinics there nope now states can prosecute people for having an abortion on native land that is exactly what this decision means and once again it's it's a way to take power and sovereignty away from native americans the the Literally. Pe- yeah the the original settlers of the united states is oh, the united states is a christian nation no it's not <laughs> We've got one more. We can make it. We're almost done. The final of the terrible rulings, the last one that came out, was the West Virginia and a bunch of other conservative states versus the EPA. Yep. Because of course, why not? Because screw the environment. Much like the conservative... DNR board is doing in Wisconsin by ruining our environment. The conservative Supreme Court in the United States is also on board with destroying the environment for the gain of energy companies. So this ruling basically says that the EPA cannot have broad regulations over greenhouse gas emissions by coal power plants. And this is part of the Clean Air Act. Yep. Again, like the ruling said, well, if, if Congress wants wanted the EPA to have this power they should pass legislation they did they they did it, w- it was called the clean air act and you're saying they don't have the, the power to regulate air in that way so the idea was they wanted to move away from coal power plants because they're terrible because, because, we should have duh yeah right? uh, burning coal to create energy is a bad idea there's no such thing as clean coal that is just nonsense marketing. <laughs> and that was debunked back in the early 2000s well, I think even before that. Well, I mean, that was, but, but like, you were still in the debate in the early 2000s, though. So, like, there is no clean burning coal. 
coal. It's you're burning charcoal. You're releasing. I guess I can't even say it because Trump was talking about clean coal. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still the marketing term that oh, they use. It's just, I just got more disappointed. Releases lots of greenhouse gases. Obviously, it's charcoal, right? Carbon, yes. Carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. But it's the cleanest coal you ever seen <laughs> in your entire life. So it basically. I need off the coal, man. The ruling basically said that the EPA does not have that ability. Doesn't specifically say that they can do that they basically go down to like google search like search for these words and you said you know you're gonna i think it was like get rid of the the generation of power plants uh it doesn't say anywhere in the clean air act specifically that they can do that so screw it so uh, we decide against them and you can't you can't regulate getting rid of coal power plants because it didn't say in that uh clean air act that you could do that you, again this is the same thing as the ballot drop box ruling where it's like well it doesn't specifically say that the wisconsin election commission could use ballot drop boxes it said that they could control the elections and how they're run but it didn't say anything about ballot drop boxes so it's the same thing oh yeah the epa is in in control it's the environmental protection agency and we passed the clean air act authorizing them to be able to protect uh, the environment handle emissions but it doesn't say anything about getting rid of of coal power plants so god it's like qualified immunity but for everything it's very much like the most pedantic you have to write the law like each word like again like it's a spell but the law never said that a dog couldn't play (laughs) basketball so who knows (laughs) well if it didn't specifically say he could then you can't is is what they would say they're definitely anti-air buttists on this supreme court it's the dog black then it makes sense is that black (laughs) black or is that that a golden retriever because we gotta really talk about that but to finish it out i did find the quote from um justice kagan's dissent you kind of actually referenced it earlier i referenced it last episode in her dissent she said quote some years ago i remarked that we're all textualists now and this was in a speech she was giving for like a lecture series at some law school it seems though i was wrong the current court is textualist only when being so it suits it when that method would frustrate broader goals special canons like the major questions doctrine which helps the whole epa thing that jason was talking about magically appear as get out of text free cards today one of those broader goals makes itself clear prevent agencies from doing important work even though that is what congress directed like jason just said that is anti-administrative state stance shows up in the majority opinion and it suffices the concurrences and of course we know the way the deadlocked 50 50 senate is and the fact that republicans will not vote for anything that goes against their corporate interests and joe manchin is from west virginia and makes his money off of these very same coal power plants that we're talking about you're never getting his vote nope for any kind of rewriting legislation to include there is some positives out of this one where there's other language talking about uh particulate emissions that they can probably use instead to do the same thing but what are the chances that they're just going to get sued again and it's just going to go to the supreme court again and be overturned who knows I mean, okay, so I think that's a good segue into, so now what? These are all absolutely terrible, heinous rulings. So what does that mean for our country and what can we even do about it? Well, let's, I just want to talk about one more case. It's not a case that was ruled on, but it's a case that the Supreme Court indicated they would be taking up. And that has to do with 
states turning over all of their election power to the state legislatures. So it's called the Independent State Legislature Doctrine. And this could pretty much destroy much like, (laughs) yeah, much like we're seeing here in Wisconsin, where our democracy has been overturned by our Republican state legislature. This would give that power to every state. And I think there's, what did we say, 30 states are governed by Republican legislatures currently, including a lot of the swing states, including Wisconsin. And this would mean that courts do not have any power over how state legislatures run elections. So you cannot sue when, say, they submit a false slate of electors. And that's it. And that would be the end of actual, like, not hyperbole. Literally the end of democracy. (laughs) And the case, it's from North Carolina. It's called Moore versus Harper. And it's about uh, gerrymandered congressional maps, much like what we had here in Wisconsin, where the Supreme Court overturned our much fairer maps that were drawn by the governor. Yep. And instead reinstated the horribly gerrymandered maps is what the reason... Well, let me clarify. Drawn by the governor and his committee, then confirmed by the state supreme court right and then overruled right and and they had previously said that the state supreme court has the power when they didn't look at the gerrymandered maps when their complaint they got sued over that to begin with because the republican legislature drew horribly gerrymandered maps that meant that even though democrats get 54 percent of the vote they only get 36 percent of the seats in the legislature when that case went to the supreme court the supreme court said no your, your state needs to decide we're not touching it but then when the state said okay um these maps that were made by the governor are much more fair they still weren't favoring democrats it was just slightly less tilted yep then that that was the lawsuit was made based on those maps by conservatives this time and that went to the supreme court and they changed their minds and said yeah you know what uh Screw it. We're, we're gonna overturn those maps and you have to go back to the old ones so when we talk about they just do whatever they want they make up their mind based on the case in front of them not the law what outcome they want not what the reading of the actual law would be or what the intention is it's how do we want this to go what outcome do we want and if this same thing happens with this moore versus harper case that that would be the end that would be it no more democratic elections in the united states republican state and if you don't think they won't do it they already did it. Ron Johnson tried to give the vice president a full slate of electors for Wisconsin and Michigan. And they tried the same thing in Arizona and in Pennsylvania and in Georgia. And they're going to do it again. So... This would be it. It would be over. These Republican legislatures would just say that their candidate won. And that will, it don't matter what the votes say anymore. And this could actually happen next year. So we need to keep an eye on more V. Harper. So what can we do about it? Now that I got you all riled up. I will I will move. That's what I will do about <laughs> it. I will pick a different country to live in. No, but we need you. Don't leave us. Who will be my podcast partner? <laughs> You'll have to find someone no. else. I'll be doing the happy podcast that I live in <laughs> Sweden or Japan or somewhere else. And I'll be I'll no longer be angry all the time. <laughs> 
I mean, so what we could do is already done. You should have voted for Hillary Clinton. You should have gotten your friends and your family to vote for Hillary Clinton. Like, I, I, I can't stress that enough. Like, there are a couple things we can do in the future, but the damage is done. Elections have consequences. Your stupid friends and family should not be your stupid friends and family anymore because look at what they literally did to our country. I'm still holding out hope for supernatural power over life and death. <laughs> but if you want something that we can do, if you want something that Joe Biden could potentially do, expand the court. We've been begging for this and talking about this for months now. You see it on the news all the time. In fact, you see it on the news right now because of what just happened. In my mind, it has to be done. It has to. I mean, look at what's going on. And again, it's not even just having things based on ideology. This court is going rampant with the worst precedent-setting decisions ever based on nothing. They have nothing that they're going off of. Like you said, they're making their decisions willy-nilly. They do not care because they have their own radical agenda they want to set, which is the exact opposite of what you want for a Supreme Court. The only thing we can do, other than literally impeaching half the Supreme Court, which will never happen, is expanding the court. And it needs to go to 13, and it needs to be tied to the federal appellate courts. That's the reason why we had the number that we had originally. And the appellate courts expanded, but the Supreme Court didn't. So that's what we need to do. And all everyone who says, well, they'll just they'll just add more the next time there's a Republican president. That's why it needs to be tied to the number of federal appellate courts. You first thing you have to do is abolish the filibuster. After you abolish the filibuster, then you pass the legislation to expand the court and to link the court size to the number of federal appellate Yep. Done. And then we take our democracy back. Literally, that's what you have to do at this point. And if we don't, and obviously knowing Joe Biden and the Democrats, they won't. He's already said over and over again, he would, but he also said there was nothing he could do about abortion. And then today he issued his magic proclamation. Well, and he knows that's going to do anything anyway. But political pressure does work. Yes. Biden responds to political pressure. Again, he just goes wherever the party goes. If he wants to win another term and he wants to still be president after next year he's going to have to do this because one it won't matter even if he does win but two no one's going to want to vote for him if he's literally not going to do anything while the country crumbles around him i agree do nothing democrats live up to their name again play some freaking hardball for once and it shows why progressives if you really want change you have to start supporting your candidates in the primaries yes you can't just say oh we voted for well you see what you got and it's because you're not pushing for progressive candidates you see what's happening on the republican side they are pushing for the craziest lunatics look at marjorie taylor green but that's because the white evangelical got organized and they they all vote and they became a solid voting block of a third of the country progressives need to do the exact same thing you need to get involved you need to give candidates money you need to go out and and help them on their campaign. Go knock some freaking doors. Go make some phone calls and get involved in your campaigns. If you don't, then what the hell are you complaining about? Then we're going to get Joe Biden and you're going to complain that nothing ever changes. It doesn't matter if there's a Democrat. Well, I wanted Bernie Sanders to win. He could have. Look at the turnout in the primaries. It was incredibly low, especially among young people. Oh, you always tell us we don't vote. Because you you don't. don't. The numbers show you don't. 
conservatives always vote regardless they they're people literally the guy in the trump hearing crying about america and how trump violated the constitution said that he would vote for him again because it doesn't he doesn't matter because he doesn't like joe biden mitch mcconnell says i don't care if trump runs again of course i'll support him it doesn't matter it's a game and you have to play it if you choose to sit out of the game the game is still going to get played without you and you see that like i get yes is it tone deaf to tell people that they've got to vote or to donate money right after their rights are taken away yes i get it i i would get mad about that too it's stupid but it's still true it is you still do need to vote like just not voting or voting third party or whatever is just ensuring that the worst possible outcome will happen if you don't like moderates you don't like joe biden you need to get out and campaign and tell your friends and make sure they actually go when it's the primer when you have the chance to have the more progressive candidate again you see it on the republican side did jeb bush win the republican nomination in 2016 please clap Do you like that reference yeah, it was, it was a thank good you. one thank you i appreciate it no donald trump did because no one clapped the extremists oh. pushed for their candidates well and we even have it we just talked about it we have it in wisconsin right now we have a senate primary going on as we speak yeah don't vote for alex lazary the guy <laughs> sucks mandela barnes is our best shot if you're a progressive and you want progressive to win get out there and help him i can tell you right now democratic fundraising is really low this year they could use a couple bucks send 10 to 20 bucks their way they'd really appreciate it and especially the not so much in the primary because they're like the same candidate except the one guy's like 90 years old i don't know why he he thinks i'm guessing he just thinks he's a better candidate so fine a lafalette but the secretary of state those positions are incredibly important yes when the november election comes up don't just vote for the senate candidate and skip everything else make sure you are voting down ballot and the secretary of state position is going to be incredibly important because that is a position that conservatives are pushing to overturn future elections yes to take over the election process and we need to make sure lafalette's been the for a long forever very very long time <laughs> for like 40 years uh, i think longer than i've been alive so uh, either candidate on the democrat side is fine um if you like name recognition la Follette, he'll probably die in office um i forgot the name of the other candidate um that's who i'm gonna be voting for just because she's a half of his <laughs> <laughs> and will actually you know be around for the end of the term but they both have very similar views and and they're both uh, they come from environmental backgrounds too which is kind of ironic seeing as that position has nothing to do with the environment but <laughs> either one is fine but actually do that like do the research when you get your like if you go vote in person that day just do a little bit of research look up what your local ballot's gonna look like look up the candidates see do you like better and that's how as a progressive, you don't end up voting for someone like Alex Lazary, who was a billionaire who came from out of state because he bought the bucks and now thinks he can buy a Senate seat. He is not going to work for the working class people of Wisconsin. He is going to be Wisconsin Joe Manchin. 
So we do not want him there. And I don't care what he says right now. I know who he is. Well, and it's obvious if you look at his background. Well, and even then, it's just, I always try to tell people, like, sure, you can sound progressive as much as you want, but at the end of the day, he's going to look after his own. Everyone looks after their own. and Billionaires do not protect the working class. Right. If he did, he would not be a billionaire. Ask the person working minimum wage, handing out hot dogs at the Bucks game, how much Alex Lazary works for the working class people. So before we get too off the rails on that, <laughs> that's what you we need to do. We are not a charity or a religion. We can endorse whoever right. we want. That's what you need to do right now. There aren't many options left. So basically, all you can do is get involved. Our Supreme Court right now is literally destroying our country as we speak. And they're going to keep doing it until we do something about it at the state level and at the federal level. So get involved. In fact, literally every episode should just be the tagline, get involved. I, I think we say it every episode. Because that's, that's the solution to everything. <laughs> People can think, oh, I'm just not going to do anything anymore. Oh, everything's so bad. Both sides are the same. Shut up. <laughs> Get involved. Do something. And that's how we take democracy back. That's it. And if all else fails, I'm sure you can find some plans online on how to build your own guillotine. Google's a great resource. <laughs> you know that that, uh, that uh, state Supreme Court ruling with uh, Preen? Uh, they did say death would cause a vacancy. Oh, so I'm just saying. We do not endorse any type of violence on the show. Supernatural uh, cause death only. I don't think there's any laws against it. I don't think so either. If I could pray somebody dead, uh, it's not written in it's the religious con- freedom. If it's not written in the Constitution. <laughs> Doesn't say you can't pray someone yeah. to death. So. so That's where we'll leave it. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. completely got the story or in fact the oh my god in fact the coverage of this oh my god i don't know how humans speak